150 years before America was founded, European Christians sailed in search of religious freedom. Landing at Plymouth Rock, they suffered death, disease, starvation, and terrible accidents. Fewer than one-half their original number survived that first winter. In 1621, at last, a successful harvest lifted their spirits and promised a bright future in the new world. They stopped to give thanks to God. Today we celebrate Thanksgiving in the shadow of war and recent natural disasters. Yet we too have so much to be thankful for. In the words of the Apostle Paul, who suffered many hardships, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This year, let's follow in the footsteps of those pilgrims nearly four centuries ago, who by faith praised God in the midst of overwhelming problems. Their perseverance gave rise to a mighty move of God that has changed the world for good. Be strong in faith, giving glory to God, knowing that your brothers and sisters before you have done the same thing. Thanksgiving, it has always had the power to change the world. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. In the New Covenant, we have boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies by a new and living way. For so long, I was just always reaching out towards God. Where are you, Lord? But when I heard Andrew's message, it was just like the light bulb went off, and I just like knew God is here with us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today is the end of my third week teaching on a subject that I've entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. This is talking about your spirit is the part of you that got changed at salvation, and the rest of the Christian life is learning how to renew your mind, your soul, and then act on the, what has happened on the inside of you in your body. So this is a powerful teaching. It's transformed my life. Let me remind you that because of the Thanksgiving holiday, our phone lines are closed today, so you won't be able to call and get a person, but you can always go to our website and get these materials. And not today, but a week from today, next week will be my last day to offer these materials over our television program. And so you need to please go to the effort of getting them now. I know what this will do for you because I know what it's done for me. So I encourage you to please get these materials. I haven't got time to go back over everything, but it's in your spirit that you got saved. Your body's not saved. Your soul, which is your mental and emotional part of you, is not saved. Now, they can be renewed. They can come under the influence and the control of your born-again spirit, but the spirit is the part of you that was completely changed. 
AND GOD IS A SPIRIT. JOHN 4, 24 SAYS THAT. GOD IS A SPIRIT, AND THOSE WHO WORSHIP HIM MUST WORSHIP HIM IN SPIRIT AND IN TRUTH. IT'S THROUGH YOUR SPIRIT THAT YOU HAVE TO RELATE TO GOD BECAUSE YOUR SPIRIT IS RIGHTEOUS AND TRULY HOLY, EPHESIANS 4, 24. AS JESUS IS, SO ARE YOU IN THIS WORLD, NOT JUST IN THE WORLD TO COME, BUT IN THIS WORLD. THAT'S ONLY TRUE IN YOUR SPIRIT. IT'S NOT TRUE ABOUT YOUR PHYSICAL BODY. YOUR PHYSICAL BODY IS GOING TO BE CHANGED AND YOU'LL GET A GLORIFIED BODY. IT'S NOT TRUE IN YOUR SOUL. YOUR MENTAL, EMOTIONAL PART OF YOU IS GOING TO BE CHANGED AND SOMEDAY YOU'LL KNOW ALL THINGS EVEN AS ALSO YOU ARE KNOWN. BUT IN YOUR BODY AND IN YOUR SOUL, YOU AREN'T CHANGED YET, BUT YOUR SPIRIT'S ALREADY CHANGED. AND ACCORDING TO HEBREWS CHAPTER 10, VERSES 10 AND 14, IT HAS BEEN SANCTIFIED AND PERFECTED FOREVER, NOT JUST TILL THE NEXT TIME YOU SIN, BUT FOREVER. YOUR SPIRIT HAS BEEN CREATED IN RIGHTEOUSNESS AND TRUE HOLINESS AND THEN SEALED, EPHESIANS 1, 3, SO THAT NO IMPURITY REACHES IT AND YOU DO NOT HAVE ANY DEFILEMENT IN YOUR SPIRIT WHATSOEVER IF YOU'VE BEEN BORN AGAIN. IF YOU HAVEN'T BEEN BORN AGAIN, YOU MUST BE BORN AGAIN. YOU MUST RECEIVE A NEW SPIRIT IN ORDER TO RELATE TO GOD. WE'VE ALREADY TALKED ABOUT THAT. THIS WEEK, I'VE BEEN DEALING WITH THAT YOU NOW HAVE THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD ON THE INSIDE OF YOU, NOT FAITH IN THE SON OF GOD, NOT JUST YOUR FAITH. AND THIS WAS A MAJOR STUMBLING BLOCK TO ME IS BECAUSE I BELIEVE FAITH WORKED. I JUST BELIEVED I DIDN'T HAVE ANY OF IT OR THAT MY FAITH WAS INFERIOR IN QUALITY OR QUANTITY AND I BELIEVE THAT THESE OTHER PEOPLE WERE SEEING GREAT THINGS HAPPEN, BUT MAN, OH GOD, I JUST NEED MORE FAITH. I BEGGED GOD TO GIVE ME MORE FAITH. AND IT REVOLUTIONIZED MY LIFE WHEN I FOUND OUT THAT WHEN I GOT BORN AGAIN, I WAS GIVEN THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD. I DIDN'T NEED ANY MORE FAITH. WHAT I NEEDED WAS TO START ACKNOWLEDGING WHAT I HAD. PHILEMON CHAPTER 1, VERSE 6 SAYS THAT THE COMMUNICATION OF YOUR FAITH MAY BECOME EFFECTUAL. THAT MEANS BEGIN TO WORK BY THE ACKNOWLEDGING OF EVERY GOOD THING WHICH IS IN YOU IN CHRIST JESUS. AND THIS WORD ACKNOWLEDGE MEANS TO ACCEPT OR ADMIT THE EXISTENCE OR TRUTH OF. IN OTHER WORDS, YOU CAN'T ACKNOWLEDGE SOMETHING THAT DOESN'T EXIST. THE VERY FACT THAT HE USED THE WORD THAT YOU HAVE TO ACKNOWLEDGE THE GOOD THINGS THAT ARE IN YOU. THEY'RE ALREADY THERE. YOU DON'T NEED MORE FAITH. YOU JUST NEED TO ACKNOWLEDGE THAT YOU HAVE THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD AND THEN START LEARNING HOW IT WORKS. ON OUR PROGRAM YESTERDAY, I WANT TO CONTINUE WITH THIS BECAUSE I WAS TALKING ABOUT WHERE THEY BROUGHT A... A MAN BROUGHT HIS SON TO JESUS WHO THE KING JAMES HERE SAYS WAS A LUNATIC. THAT MAY... IT'S NOT THE WAY WE USE LUNATIC TODAY. IT WAS TALKING ABOUT A PERSON, A YOUNG BOY WHO HAD SEIZURES. AND OVER IN MARK CHAPTER 9, THE SAME THING IS RECORDED IN THERE. THE FATHER SAID THAT IT THREW HIM INTO THE FIRE AND INTO THE WATER. THESE SEIZURES WOULD HIT HIM AT ANY TIME. AND SO ANYWAY, THEY BROUGHT THE BOY TO JESUS. JESUS CAST THE DEMON OUT, AND THE BOY WAS TOTALLY CURED. AND THE DISCIPLES CAME AND SAID, WHY COULDN'T WE CAST HIM OUT? THEY BELIEVED. THEY HAD ALREADY CAST DEMONS OUT. YOU CAN READ THAT IN THE 10TH CHAPTER OF THE BOOK OF MATTHEW, AND ALSO IN LUKE CHAPTER 9, IT RECORDS THE SAME THING. AND WHEN THEY CAME BACK AFTER JESUS HAD SENT THEM OUT, THEY WERE REJOICING THAT THEY WERE COUNTED WORTHY TO SUFFER FOR THE SHAME OF THE LORD, BUT THEY WERE REJOICING THAT THE DEMONS WERE SUBJECT UNTO THEM. SO THEY HAD ALREADY SEEN THIS HAPPEN, BUT THIS TIME THEY DID EVERYTHING THAT HAD WORKED IN PRIOR TIMES, AND IT DIDN'T WORK THIS TIME. AND THEY SAID, WHY COULDN'T WE CAST HIM OUT? AND JESUS SAID UNTO THEM, BECAUSE OF YOUR UNBELIEF, 
HE DID NOT SAY IT'S BECAUSE OF YOUR LITTLE FAITH. AND I DON'T EVEN WANT TO GO THROUGH THIS AGAIN. I DEALT WITH THIS YESTERDAY. I KNOW SOME PEOPLE... Um, ANYWAY, IT CAUSES PROBLEMS WHEN I COUNTER OTHER TRANSLATIONS. BUT I BELIEVE THAT THE KING JAMES IS ACCURATE RIGHT HERE WHEN IT SAYS THE PROBLEM WASN'T THAT THEY HAD LITTLE FAITH. BECAUSE THE REST OF THIS VERSE GOES ON TO SAY, IF YOUR FAITH IS AS TINY AS A MUSTARD SEED, THAT'S MORE THAN ENOUGH. SO IT, would, it, it WOULDN'T MAKE SENSE IF YOU SAY IT'S YOUR LITTLE FAITH BECAUSE LITTLE FAITH IS MORE THAN ENOUGH. NO, HE WAS SAYING IT'S NOT YOUR FAITH THAT WAS THE PROBLEM. IT'S THE FACT THAT YOU HAD UNBELIEF MIXED WITH IT. UNBELIEF NEGATES, COUNTERBALANCES, CANCELS OUT FAITH. UNBELIEF IS FAITH IN REVERSE IS WHAT IT IS. THEY'RE OPPOSING FORCES AND THEY COUNTERBALANCE EACH OTHER. AND THE PROBLEM WITH US ISN'T THAT WE DON'T HAVE FAITH, IT'S THE FACT THAT WE HAVE UNBELIEF. IN THIS INSTANCE, uh, I'VE GOT A LOT MORE TEACHING THAT GOES INTO ACTUALLY HOURS WORTH OF TEACHING ON THIS. IT'S IN A SERIES THAT I HAVE ENTITLED HARDNESS OF HEART, AND TOWARDS THE END OF THAT SERIES, I DEAL WITH THIS IN DEPTH. BUT IN THIS INSTANCE, WHAT HAPPENED? YOU CAN'T GET IT ALL BY READING JUST MATTHEW 17. YOU HAVE TO GO OVER ALSO TO uh, MARK CHAPTER 9. JUST FOR TIME'S SAKE, I'M GOING TO REFER TO SOME OF THESE THINGS. BUT IN THIS INSTANCE, WHAT WAS DIFFERENT WITH THE DISCIPLES THAN PREVIOUS TIMES? THERE WAS NO MENTION WHEN THEY CAME BACK AFTER THE LORD HAD SENT THEM OUT TO CURE DISEASES AND CAST OUT DEVILS. THERE WAS NOT A SINGLE MENTION OF SOMETHING NOT WORKING. APPARENTLY, THEY JUST SPOKE AND DEMONS FLED AND THEY CAME BACK REJOICING THAT EVEN THE DEMONS WERE SUBJECT UNTO THEM. BUT IN THIS INSTANCE, YOU CAN READ OVER IN uh, MARK CHAPTER 9, WHEN THEY BROUGHT THE BOY TO JESUS, THE SPIRIT TORE HIM AND HE FELL ON THE GROUND AND HE WALLED AND FOAMED AT THE MOUTH. AND I, I BELIEVE THAT THE DIFFERENCE WITH THE DISCIPLES THIS TIME COMPARED TO PREVIOUS TIMES WHERE THEY HAD BEEN EFFECTIVE CASTING DEMONS OUT WAS THAT THERE WAS THIS PHYSICAL MANIFESTATION THAT WAS CONTRARY TO WHAT THEY WERE BELIEVING. I DON'T KNOW IF ANY OF YOU HAVE EVER BEEN AROUND ANYBODY THAT HAD AN EPILEPTIC SEIZURE, BUT I HAVE. I REMEMBER ONE TIME IN CHOIR, WE WERE IN FRONT OF OUR WHOLE SCHOOL ASSEMBLY, 2,000-SOMETHING PEOPLE, AND I WAS IN THE CHOIR, AND A GIRL RIGHT IN FRONT OF ME HAD AN EPILEPTIC SEIZURE RIGHT IN FRONT OF THE WHOLE SCHOOL. WE WENT TO CHURCH TOGETHER, AND I BELIEVE IT WAS BECAUSE SHE KNEW ME FROM CHURCH THAT WHEN SHE HAD THIS SEIZURE, SHE TURNED AROUND TO ME. SHE WAS STANDING IN FRONT OF ME, TURNED AROUND AND COLLAPSED IN MY ARM, AND SHE WAS FOAMING AT THE MOUTH AND BITING HER TONGUE, AND IT WAS... I GUARANTEE YOU, I HAD NO CLUE. It's the FIRST TIME I'D EVER SEEN IT. I'D NEVER EVEN HEARD OF IT. IT SCARED THE LIVER OUT OF ME. AND THAT WAS BACK BEFORE I KNEW WHAT TO DO WITH IT. BUT I'M SAYING THAT IF YOU HAVE EVER BEEN AROUND ANYBODY WHO HAD AN EPILEPTIC SEIZURE, IT WILL CAUSE SOME UNBELIEF IN YOU. IT IS GRAPHIC. AND SO HERE THEY HAD CAST THIS DEMON OUT. THEY COMMANDED IT TO COME OUT IN THE NAME OF JESUS, AND INSTEAD OF IT COMING OUT, IT GRABBED THIS BOY, AND HE BEGAN TO HAVE A SEIZURE. THAT'S WHAT HAPPENED WHEN THEY BROUGHT HIM TO JESUS. THE DEMON DIDN'T JUST IMMEDIATELY FLEE, BUT INSTEAD, HE MANIFESTED THIS AND THREW THE BOY ON THE GROUND AND HE WAS WALLOWING AND FOAMING AT THE MOUTH. YOU KNOW, ACTUALLY, I BELIEVE THAT WHEN YOU ARE FIGHTING SOMETHING, SICKNESS, DISEASE, OR IF IT'S A DEMONIC THING, AND IF THINGS GET WORSE WHEN YOU SPEAK TO IT, THAT'S WHAT HAPPENED WHEN JESUS, WHEN THEY BROUGHT THE BOY TO JESUS, HE FELL ON THE GROUND AND WALLOWED AND FOAMED AT THE MOUTH. WHEN THINGS GET WORSE, THAT'S ACTUALLY A GOOD SIGN BECAUSE THE DEVIL LOVES TO HIDE AND TO BE BELOW THE SURFACE AND CAUSE PROBLEMS, BUT NOT BE SO OBVIOUS THAT PEOPLE BECOME INTOLERANT TO HIM.
But when, when you speak to a demon and all of a sudden some manifestation happens, that's the devil. It's his last hurrah. He is trying to affect your senses, trying to get you into fear and unbelief because what you see doesn't match what you said. And so it's actually a good sign. It means that the devil has been flushed out into the open and he is manifesting himself and on his way out. And of course, Jesus went ahead and spoke to the demon. And when he did, this boy was cured and delivered of it. But I believe that this demon-possessed boy manifested the way he did with Jesus, with the disciples, and because they saw something that was contrary to what they were believing, they were more moved by their senses, what they could see, taste, hear, smell, and feel than they were by their faith. And this is a major problem. This leads exactly into what I'm going to be teaching on next week, talking about the flesh versus the spirit. Most of us live in what the Bible calls the flesh. We live in the mental, emotional realm where we are more controlled by what we see, taste, hear, smell, and feel, our five senses, than we are by what the Word of God says. And if you are in the flesh, Romans chapter 8 says, those that are in the flesh cannot please God. The flesh and the spirit are opposed to each other. And for you to operate in this faith of God that we're talking about, you have to get to where you go beyond your five senses and you start operating in the spirit realm and believing and, and using the God kind of faith that calls those things that be not as though they were. These disciples were more moved by what they saw than they were by what they believed. And how do you deal with something like that? If unbelief is the problem, as Jesus said, how do you deal with it? Well, this verse 21 that doesn't even appear in the NIV translation, <laughs> this verse 21 gives you the answer of how you overcome this kind of unbelief. It says, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Most people interpret this as this kind of demon only goes out through prayer and fasting. That is not accurate. The thing that affects demons is not your prayer and fasting. It's the name of Jesus and faith in His name. You know, we recently had a demon-possessed person in one of our services begin to start screaming and manifesting, and Todd White was the one who was ministering in this service, and he just calmly rebuked and commanded that demon, shut up and shut up. But then in a minute or two, it started again, and he said, somebody around, just minister to this woman, and somebody started screaming. And Todd, uh, with, with wisdom, said, look, you don't need to raise your voice. It is not your screaming. It's not all these things. It's the name of Jesus and faith in the name of Jesus. And he just spoke calmly to it, told him to look her in the eyes and tell her how God loved her. And this woman got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit and delivered just through people calmly ministering to it. But see, there's people that think there are certain demons that are stronger than others, and there's certain demons that you got to fast and pray to get them out. The subject of the sentence here wasn't the demon. The subject of the sentence, they said, why couldn't we cast him out? He said, it's your unbelief. Unbelief was the subject. That's what he was talking about. And this kind of unbelief only goes out by prayer and fasting. So what does prayer and fasting have to do with unbelief? Well, again, unbelief, this kind of unbelief, came through what they saw. 
Let me just real quickly, again, if you want to get more information on this, our helpline's closed. You can't call in, but you can go to our website. You can find my teaching on hardness of heart. I've got it in book, CD, DVD form, all of this, but it'll go into more detail on this. But there are, this is just totally andeology. I can't show you a scripture that says it in these exact words, but my study of scripture, my dealing with people, I've categorized unbelief into three areas. There is an unbelief that comes through ignorance. If you don't know something, well, then you aren't going to have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What you don't know is killing you. So if you don't know the truth, if you're ignorant of a truth, there's just going to naturally be an unbelief. Like if you've never heard of a person being raised from the dead, you're just going to naturally think, well, can this happen? Because you've never heard of it. You don't know. You don't know what the Word says. That natural unbelief, it's easy to overcome that in a way because what you do is tell a person the truth. And once they hear the truth, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So you overcome this just this uh, ignorance that causes unbelief. You overcome that by telling a person the truth. And once they hear the truth, if they accept it, well, then they can overcome that kind of unbelief. The second type of unbelief is not ignorance, but it's wrong teaching. If a person has been taught that miracles don't happen today, God doesn't do miracles, God doesn't heal, God doesn't cast out devils, if you've been taught wrong, well, then that will cause unbelief. But that's a little bit harder to overcome because it's like if you had a, a whiteboard or a blackboard up here, and if you had written something on it, and it was totally covered, well, then before you can write anything else on it, you've got to erase. You've got to clean that off before you can write the right thing on it. If you're ignorant, it's like a blank board. You just write the truth on it, and that truth sets them free. But if they've already been taught the wrong thing, and they have the wrong things written on their heart, well, then you've got to erase those things before you can write the right things on there. As Jesus said uh, in Mark chapter 7, I believe, verse 13, uh, it's traditions and doctrines of men that make the Word of God of none effect. If you have traditions and doctrines of men in you, you've got to counter those things. But the answer for these first two types of unbelief is really the same. If you're ignorant, you just tell a person the truth. If they have been told a lie and have wrong teaching, you have to erase that. But telling them the truth will eventually get them to the same place. So the antidote for these first two types of unbelief is you tell a person the truth, and if they will renew their mind and receive it, they can be set free from that kind of unbelief. But this kind of unbelief, Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, only goes out by prayer and fasting. How does prayer and fasting affect this kind of unbelief? I believe that this kind of unbelief wasn't something because they were ignorant. These disciples had already seen demons cast out, so they weren't ignorant. They had knowledge, and they'd already had the command from the Lord, and it wasn't because they'd been taught the wrong thing. No, this wasn't because they'd been in the synagogue, and the synagogue said that Jesus is of the devil, of Beelzebub, and you can't follow him. No, they had rejected all that. It wasn't their wrong teaching, but in this instance, it was just the fact that they saw something with their senses that violated what they were saying and believing to happen. And when you, like for instance, if you are praying for a healing of cancer and you command that cancer to go, but then you 
open up your eyes and you inspect yourself and you still have a lump, you still have the pain, you are automatically, immediately going to have a thought of nothing happened. It's just natural. It's what I call natural unbelief. You, you pray for finances to come in, and if you don't see those finances come in by the due date and something gets foreclosed on or repossessed or something, you're just going to naturally have a thought, well, it didn't work. And so it's what I call a natural unbelief. If you pray for somebody who's demon-possessed and instead of them looking better, they look worse, you're naturally going to think, well, it's not working. And these disciples gave in to this natural unbelief. You know what they could have done? If they had spent time in prayer and fasting, you can teach yourself. It says over in Hebrews chapter 5, I believe it's verse 14, strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Senses is talking about your five senses, what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. And you can exercise them. You can train your senses that there is more going on than just what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. There is a spiritual world. There are spiritual realities. There are things going on in the spiritual realm that go beyond our little peanut brain's ability to perceive. You can't perceive it in the physical realm. You can train yourself on this. Like, for instance, you start believing for things. I started believing that people could be healed. And I hadn't got time on today's program to give you many examples of this, but I remember the first time I prayed for someone, nothing. It looked like nothing happened. And immediately I had this natural type of unbelief come say, well, God, that was a failure. But before that person could go home, they turned around and came back and testified in front of the whole church that before I got home, I was completely healed. And it taught me that, hey, something was happening. Even though I didn't see it, there was something happening, and it might have taken 15 or 20 minutes to happen, but it was in the works. It was in the pipeline, and that gave me a faith that enabled me to go beyond my senses. See, that was prayer. I spent time in prayer. And when you fast, it does the same thing. Fasting does not change God's heart towards us. It doesn't give you more power, but what fasting will do, it'll change your heart towards God. If you have been controlled by your senses and you're a person that just goes by what you see, taste, hear, smell, and feel, and that dominates you, that's what the Bible calls carnal. And if that's the way that you are, you know one of the ways you can break that is to fast. Because I can guarantee you, your appetite, when you deny your appetite, your appetite will rebel. If there is any carnality and fleshly stuff on the inside of you, it will be flushed to the surface quickly, some people, I mean, you can't miss one meal. You miss one meal, and boy, you begin to start having problems. If you fast for one or two days, I can guarantee you, your flesh is going to be screaming at you. Your senses are going to be saying, feed me, feed me. And if you say, nope, we're going to fast because I am too dominated and controlled by my senses, I am going to start being controlled by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm going to be focused on the spirit realm instead of the physical realm. If you make a decision like that, your senses will rebel. And they'll say, we'll die by, by supper time on the first day. And you'll say, no, you don't die. And you just continue. Well, then on the second day, I guarantee you, your body starts screaming at you and you say, look, body, if you don't submit 
AND COME INTO OBEDIENCE, I'M GOING TO FAST FOR THREE DAYS. YOUR BODY WILL SAY, THREE DAYS, I'LL BE DEAD FOR SURE. AND YOU SAY, ALL RIGHT, FOUR DAYS. AND YOU KNOW WHAT? YOUR SENSES WILL SUBMIT, JUST LIKE IT SAYS IN HEBREWS 5, 14. STRONG MEAT BELONGS TO THOSE WHO BY REASON OF USE HAVE THEIR SENSES EXERCISED. EXERCISE MEANS YOU HAVE TO DO IT MORE THAN ONCE. YOU HAVE TO DO IT OVER AND OVER. IT'S A PROCESS. AND YOU CAN LITERALLY SUBMIT YOUR SENSES TO WHERE THEY START REALIZING THAT, HEY, I'M LIVING BY THE WORD OF GOD, NOT JUST BY BREAD ALONE. AND YOU CAN START TRAINING YOURSELF. AND AFTER A WHILE, YOU, after, you KNOW, I'VE DONE THIS THROUGH PRAYER AND FASTING. I'VE SEEN PEOPLE RAISED FROM THE DEAD, BLIND EYES OPEN, AND NOW, WHEN I PRAY FOR A PERSON, IF I DON'T SEE IMMEDIATE RESULTS, I HAVE MY SENSES EXERCISED TO KNOW THAT, HEY, SOMETHING IS HAPPENING. I MAY NOT BE ABLE TO SEE IT, TASTE IT, HEAR IT, SMELL IT, OR FEEL IT, BUT SOMETHING'S HAPPENING IN THE SPIRITUAL REALM, AND I DON'T LET THAT UNBELIEF COME ON ME. THIS IS HOW YOU GET RID OF THIS NATURAL TYPE OF UNBELIEF, IS BY REASON OF USE, BEING FOCUSED MORE ON THE SPIRITUAL REALM THAN YOU ARE ON THE PHYSICAL REALM. IT'LL DEAL A DEATH BLOW TO YOUR CARNAL SELF. MAN, I'M OUT OF TIME TODAY, AND THERE'S A LOT MORE I COULD SAY ABOUT THAT, BUT I SAY IT ALL IN THIS BOOK. PLEASE GET THIS. REMEMBER THAT TODAY WE DON'T HAVE OUR OFFICES OPEN BECAUSE OF THE THANKSGIVING HOLIDAY, SO YOU CAN'T CALL, BUT YOU CAN GO TO OUR WEBSITE, AND YOU CAN GET... YOU CAN ORDER ANY OF THESE MATERIALS. YOU CAN ALSO DOWNLOAD THIS TEACHING AND GET IT FREE OF CHARGE. OUR ANNOUNCER IS GOING TO GIVE YOU MORE INFORMATION, BUT REMEMBER THAT THIS IS A HOLIDAY. YOU WON'T BE ABLE TO CALL TODAY, BUT YOU CAN GO TO OUR WEBSITE. AND I AM GOING TO CONTINUE THIS TEACHING ON MY PROGRAMS NEXT WEEK, AND I'M GOING TO BE SHARING SOME THINGS WITH YOU THAT I GUARANTEE YOU WILL MAKE A HUGE DIFFERENCE IN YOUR LIFE IF YOU CAN UNDERSTAND IT. BUT THIS IS THE THING THAT GOD USED TO CHANGE MY LIFE. PLEASE TAKE ADVANTAGE OF IT. LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AND THEN RESPOND TODAY. I WOULD HAVE TO SAY MY FAVORITE TEACHING uh, FROM ANDREW IS SPIRIT, SOUL, AND BODY. I COULD GO TO GOD ANYTIME I WANTED TO, AND I DIDN'T HAVE TO FEEL CONDEMNED BY HIM. IT'S REALLY BLOWING MY MIND WHEN I HEAR THE TEACHING THAT I AM RIGHTEOUS OF of GOD AND I'M PERFECT. GOD REDEEMED ME ETERNALLY. IF I WAS TO GIVE ANY ONE BOOK TO ANYBODY THAT REALLY IMPACTED ME, IT WOULD BE THE SPIRIT, SOUL, AND BODY. ANDREW'S COMPLETE TEACHING TITLED SPIRIT, SOUL, AND BODY IS AVAILABLE IN A CD AS SEEN ON TV, DVD, OR IN A LIVE DVD ALBUM AS WELL AS A BOOK, AUDIOBOOK, OR STUDY GUIDE. ALSO AVAILABLE IS THE SPIRIT, SOUL, AND BODY ILLUSTRATED DVD. THIS UNIQUE DVD ILLUSTRATES THE MAIN POINTS OF THE ENTIRE TEACHING IN A FEW SHORT MINUTES. THIS EXCITING TOOL MAKES IT EASY TO INTRODUCE ANDREW'S FOUNDATIONAL TEACHING TO ANYONE, EVEN A CHILD. ANDREW HIMSELF HAS BEEN AMAZED AT HOW QUICKLY AND CLEARLY THIS TEACHING CAN BE BROUGHT TO LIFE THROUGH ANIMATION. You can get these products in the Spirit, Soul, and Body package. This package includes the CD or DVD album, the book, audiobook, study guide, as well as the Spirit, Soul, and Body illustrated DVD. This package has a catalog value of $110, but you can get it today for only $79. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. 
If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. Our helpline is closed today to allow our employees to celebrate the holiday. But you can always visit our website where you can order ministry materials online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net. On our website, you'll not only find materials from today's broadcast, you'll find a wealth of ministry resources available to you. If you prefer, you can order materials by writing us. Use the address on your screen. 